Hello, and welcome back to the Mino Countdown, the mini-episode, a podcast that focuses on EPs, 7-inch releases, singles, 10-inch, 12-inch singles, basically everything besides full-length albums. Still working on that intro, so <laughs> I will get it down at some point. So, fun story real quick, this was actually meant to be the first episode of this, but uh, thanks to the Postal Service, I got the record a week and a half late, so I had to move some things around. So, whatever the case, though, I got it now, and goddammit, I'm excited. I'll be diving into uh, Giraffe Giraffe's 10-inch split with Goddard from 2013. Uh, This was the first uh, grail uh, ever pursued, and I've been searching now for... I had been searching for right about seven years, and it's a long-ass time to wait for a record, but I finally got it. So, quite the momentous occasion getting my hands on it, you know. Uh, It was listed on Discogs for 120, but I talked the seller down to 95 plus $5 shipping, so $100 even shipped. It's a bit pricey for uh, three songs, I guess four if you you split the titles on the draft giraffe side, uh, the way they do sometimes, but um, it's worth every goddamn penny. So, released in May of 2013, actually May 1st, 2013, limited to just 500 copies on clear with black smoke. And also, to make it even more awesome, it is hand-numbered, which is something I always really like. Uh, I've got number uh, 488 out of 500. Also, again, being pressed on a 10-inch record. Now, the the 10-inch thing, I dove through my entire collection, and I only have four. AJJ's Only God Can Judge Me, and two copies of AFI's All Hallows EVP, the uh, orange variant, and the picture disc variant. So, uh, fun fact I learned about 10-inch discs, actually. And I took this from an app. An article or I guess a website called uh, Collectors Weekly. So, uh, quote, back in 1910, when records were still made out of shellac, 10-inch discs spun at 78 RPM. In 1948, when the 33 and a third RPM vinyl LP was introduced, the 10-inch disc was still the industry standard. 12-inch discs were also pressed, but they were saved for classical music. Uh, as it turned out, everyone wanted those extra grooves. So by the mid-50s, 10-inch discs had largely been phased out, which is what makes them so collectible today. Uh, In the late 70s and early 80s, 10-inch records enjoyed a minor comeback as uh, extended play mini-albums, and more recently, some boxed sets have used the 10-inch format to create bonus discs. So, there you go. Little fun history lesson on the rise and fall of the 10-inch disc. So, uh, a little about the two bands real quick. Uh, Goddard is from Worcester, Massachusetts, and they dropped their first EP in 2010. Uh, The members of of the band at the time of the uh, of this recording are as follows. Uh, Ann Baldridge on bass and vocals, uh, Jason Carby on guitar and vocals, Andy Cavella on drums, and Mo Scherzai on guitar. So a uh, singer Ann Baldridge also did the artwork for the album, which is, uh, it's like a ton of spiders on the cover, but you can't tell unless you look real close. From a little ways away, it kind of looks like hair or fuzz or like a, a, like a pixelated image of something. But when you get up close, it's like, nope, spiders. It's pretty fucking cool. But uh, I didn't find much on them, except uh, there's a kind of a fun article from the Worcester Magazine in 2011. I'm reading it verbatim here, but I do realize that the drummer isn't the same and that they added another guitarist. So I'm just going to read through real quick. Uh, It says, uh, Goddard is a name that is very dear to the city of Worcester. Uh, Robert H. Goddard, the, quote, father of modern rocketry, was born, raised, and educated in our beautiful city, and he conducted many of his liquid-fueled rocketry experiments here. Goddard is perhaps the most famous Worcester resident. Uh, His name is now being used for, in the words of Monty Python, 
something completely different. Uh, bassist, vocalist, and Baldridge, guitarist, vocalist, Jason Carvey, and drummer Dan Benoit make up the band Goddard, a math rock band. Uh, and they spell out what math rock is. Uh, rhythmically complex guitar-based style of experimental rock. That's been around for about a year now. Uh, like Robert H., uh, this Goddard is no lightweight. Formed from the ashes of Worcester greats uh, Calumet Hecla and Fiesel, uh, Goddard brings your you in-your-face mathy indie space rock that you can't help but bang your head and tap your feet to. I met with Baldridge and Carvey last weekend at their beautiful home in Worcester. Baldridge and Carvey met when they were 19, working at Michigan Technological University's radio station, WMTU 91.9 FM. Uh, they've been together for 10 years and married for the last five. Uh, one of the first things I noticed upon entering the house is a painting of the two of them in wedding garb playing music. Uh, it's a painter's rendition of a picture from our wedding. My, fa- my father had it commissioned. Carvey is a drummer by trade, uh, playing drums in Calumet Hecla for almost 10 years, but is certainly adept at guitar as well, as evidenced by his part in Goddard. I was given a short tour of their first floor, including a few minutes spent looking at a greenhouse across the street. The greenhouse was home to Robert H. Goddard. Uh, Carvey and Baldridge make a point that their band's names are meaningful and history-related. Uh, Calumet Hecla was the name of a copper mine in the UP of Michigan, their home state, uh, used during the Industrial Revolution. Uh, we wanted a Worcester theme for our name, Carvey said. Living across the street from Goddard's home seemed to be reason enough, and why not? Baldridge said, let's use it until we get yelled at. So uh, I- I'll link to the article in the description, but it's it's a pretty interesting look into the band. And then on to Giraffes Giraffes. Uh, they are an instrumental math rock band formed in 2001 in Massachusetts by guitarist slash drummer Kenneth Topham and guitarist Joseph Andrioli. Uh, along with math rock, the band's music frequently touches on post-rock, progressive rock, experimental, all that good shit, right? Ken and Joseph both grew up in western Massachusetts and met at Keene State College in 2001. Topham studied music composition and music history, and Andrioli studied English. They met through mutual friends and connections in Keene's music scene. Uh, some of their first practices and brainstorming sessions were held in Topham's studio apartment on Court Street in Keene. So uh, their first show together was at the Owl's Nest Cafe at Keene State College under the name A Heartbreaking Work of Staggering Genius, taken from a, day, a Dave Eggers book. In 2004, the pair moved to Santa Cruz, California. Uh, shortly after arriving on the West Coast, they committed to working together under the name Giraffes Giraffes, which was also taken, taken from an Eggers book. Uh, moving around the country exposed the duo to several, quote, musical communities, uh, which Andrioli described as totally totally weird to join, and then the band would leave them and start again somewhere else. So, fun. So let's get into the music, shall we? I'm, I'm going to start on the Goddard side first. It's pretty fucking great, is the best way to describe it. Uh, I hadn't actually ever listened to it until the other night on Spotify. I, I just decided to, you know, listen to it for this episode. And then I spun it too. I spun the record and all that. But um, so Midwest 95 is up first. It's a pretty great song that honestly, initially doesn't feel like it belongs here. You know, alongside a draft draft song, of course. But about a minute and a half into the song, it's like, oh shit. Okay. Yep. This is it. <laughs> uh, I couldn't find lyrics anywhere and it's a bit hard to make out what they're saying, but I still enjoyed the shit out of it. One cool fact about the Goddard songs, uh, this one and the next track, Thrushes, were produced by the band themselves, and also by Steve Albini. Yes, that Steve Albini. More prominent artists that he's worked with include uh, Foxy Shazam, Nirvana, Art in Utero, uh, Pixies on Surferosa, The Breeders, 
Godspeed, you, Black Emperor, uh, Mogwai, the Jesus Lizard, Low, Dirty Three, Jawbreaker, Bush, Chevelle, Robert Plant, and Jimmy Page, Helmet, the Stooges, Cheap Trick, Veruca Salt. I mean, the man can have an entire series of podcasts dedicated to him and all of the work he's done as a producer and also as a musician. Uh, it was estimated in 2018 that he had produced over several thousand albums. Also, fun fact about him and his views on the music industry, probably, I guess, his most famous piece of writing is the essay, The Problem with Music, which was published in December of 1993 in uh, the issue of uh, the art and criticism journal, The Baffler. Uh, The essay criticizes the music industry and specifically the major labels of the time for financially exploiting and deceiving their artists. In the essay's longest section, Albini runs a financial breakdown to show how a hypothetical band which sells 250,000 copies of their major label debut album could end up making only about one-third as much as they would working at a 7-Eleven from the album due to all of the expenditures the label makes uh, ostensibly on their behalf. Uh, he also criticized the label's A&R scouts, whom he said were hired to provide a young, credible representative whom the artist may already recognize in order to give the musicians the illusion that the record company is on their side. Also, nearly alone among well-known producers and musicians, Albini refuses to take ongoing royalties from album sales, feeling that a producer's job is to record the music to the band's desires and that paying a producer as if they contributed artistically to an album is unethical. That's pretty awesome. So, on to the giraffes giraffes side their material was recorded and mixed by jason carvey and really and topham at boiler room recordings in worcester also holding long song title batman although on the record itself and other places it's uh, split with a slash after sky it is still only listed as one track like on spotify or whatever it's one song but whatever the case so it is in the middle of the night someone tore off the ceiling and sucked me into the sky before my eyes began to boil i saw billions of tiny webs connecting everything fun so at 10 minutes and two seconds it's a long song but like all their songs it's a fucking awesome experience right uh it has to be heard of course because aside from some vocalizations at the end there are no lyrics so it's kind of hard for me to describe it i guess here but one one thing is i i incorrectly thought and I, I just, I guess I forgot about it at the end of the song. But on Memory Lame, their 2018 album, that I thought that that album had the first instance of them using voices uh, on the closing track. But that is incorrect. It's this song had like a kind of a vocal vocalization, like some like harmonies or whatever, right? But speaking of that album, there are portions of this song, like some of the guitar parts, the, 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 the guitar the tones and like the way everything sounds, the aforementioned harmonies and all that, that sound like they could have been placed directly onto memory lane and been perfectly at home. Like you could almost draw a line from this song to memory lane and say, okay, you can see what they're doing or see what they're, what they're trying to do and they're exploring things. And then it's really awesome to see it like fully realized five years later, you know? So yeah, I, I said so there's, there's five years between the two releases so they had a lot of time to to refine it i guess but uh the seed was being planted here i think because you can you can listen to 2007's uh, more skin from milk mouth and it's it's great but in even on the peak Ma- pink magic in 2011 it, it, the sounds aren't quite the same like you can hear a shift in things seemingly on this song that then bled into uh what they would eventually start to do later. So I always think it's pretty cool. You can you can really kind of see their growth and progression as a band. But overall, you know, uh, I mean, five out of five, of course. 
I would say if you can ever find a copy of this and you are just even the slightest fan of Giraffe's Giraffes, buy it. I mean, if it's, you know, I always said that if I could get it for a hundred bucks, that that was kind of like my ceiling for it. But I always said if I can get it for that price, I'm going to fucking buy it because I, I don't know when I'm going to get a chance again. So my advice to any of you out there, if you ever see this album somewhere for sale, you know, at least attempt to buy it. Like, because you don't know when you're going to get a chance again. Because you might be like me and, uh, you know, pass on it initially and then have to wait on, you know, seven fucking years to get it. But anyway, that's it for this week. I want to thank everybody for uh, all the like the the positive responses to the first episode of this mini show last week. Uh, also, keep listening to the main show as well. Uh, as always, new episodes will drop Thursdays on there and and will drop Saturday for this show. So again, subscribe to the show because that way you don't you won't miss an episode of either one. Uh, also, there is a donate button on the website. Uh, if you go to it on my Instagram, I have a, um, a link directly to it. So yeah, so if you go to anchor.fm slash Jeremy hyphen Levine, you can then scroll down a little bit and you can see there is a support button and at the, you, know, you click on the support button and you can then donate to the podcast and I've said it before, you can do it in increments of there's a dollar tier, there's $4.99, and there's $9.99. And all of that goes to charity. So it's a, it, it's for a good cause, of course. And, you know, I'm not keeping any of that. Like, like I said, 100% of that is going out, you know, at the, the, the beginning of every month. So uh, anything you can donate, great. If you can't, just listening to the show produces ad revenue that then also gets put into that pot that gets sent out later. So even if you can't help donate or whatever, just listening also helps too. So I'm appreciative for all of it. So for the Vinyl Countdown mini episode, I'm Jeremy Levine and hope to be in your ears next weekend, everybody. Take care. Thanks. Thanks.